the project, Kuwait, learn, In today's episode, a bonus, classic talk from Maddie, Meg, and Liam on how they got into fitness and where their journey has taken them over the years and what really inspired them to start lifting weights and helping people and what really drives them and this podcast to make a difference in the world. All this and more in today's episode. Like, <laughs> I'm recording that, by the way. All that yeah, I'm, putting it on. I'm putting it on. <laughs> well, so, Not all of it. I just uh, put it on right now. No, the first time I went to Dubai and the taxi driver was like, you know, first time here. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, he's giving me the grand tour. And he's like, this building right here, very, very old. One of the first ones in Dubai, 1986. And I was like, ha, very old. I'm <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure you were born in 1986. It's crazy that when you see the pictures of Dubai, like, like 10 years ago yeah. how and oh, dude it was yeah. insane back then crazy. like in the 90s there was nothing there yeah it was just like it was nothing yeah. literally great like- you had a chance so meg what got you into fitness um so i've i've been in athletics like my whole life i was a swimmer growing up that was my sport but getting into the coaching side of things really came after injuries in sports and just wanting to help other people you know find ways to to bring their general fitness up um so i've worked with people getting brand new into it i've worked alongside you know other athletes and coaching with that but a lot of it just became of understanding a lot of the issues that I went through myself with with overtraining and then the nutrition side of things with all the the gut health issues and things that I've had. So unfortunately, a lot of it's come through like destroying my body. <laughs> it made me very passionate about um, understanding there's better ways to, to go about your health and um, kind of weeding through all of the, the myths and things that are out there. Uh, it, the industry makes things really confusing, I think, for people starting out. So I wanted to get into it just to kind of help simplify that trial and error process for everybody. That's what got me into it. What brought you to Kuwait? Um, my background, uh, let's see, I graduated college with a degree in therapeutic recreation, which is was behavioral health um, centered. So I worked um, in psychiatric uh, health with uh, adolescents. And I did that for like five years and I just kind of got burnt out on on that side of it. Um, a lot of it also came through with like on the medical side, doctors, kids coming in with a chart and depending on who their doctor was, it was like you could guarantee what their diagnosis was, what medications they were going to be on and just seeing those kinds of things that it made the whole health industry a little, little depressing on that side to work with. Um, so I got the opportunity to go work in the fitness industry and to work more on the coaching and having more hands-on experience um, with people outside of hospital setting that really intrigued me. Um, and then plus the whole side of travel of just this, this is a great jump spot to so many other places of the world. And that's that's what brought me out here was wanting to get some different experiences professionally and uh, see more of the world. Cool. What, what's kind of some of the things that you're working on at the moment, maybe personally and professionally? Yeah. So uh, since I came out here, I shifted more from uh, so like CrossFit and weight weightlifting was kind of my background. And then once I came out here, I got more interested in just general movement of all kinds of different types. So uh, I've spent a lot of time going around the world and studying uh, just movement around the world. Like what is it about, you know, we know our environment shapes our language, um, you know, how we speak, our metaphors and things like that of what's around you. And so I've kind of traveled with that mindset of how our movement uh, shapes us and your environment shapes you and how you shape your environment. So 
that's a lot of uh, the adaptability, like kind of studies that I've focused on the last few years. And I've used that as a way to coach people through changing their mindset and going towards, you know, their health goals, their fitness goals even professional goals, you know, wanting to make a shift of a life transition of some kind, whether they're just kind of graduating and figuring things out. Maybe they've gone through some kind of a significant life change and they're not quite sure how to pick up the pieces from there and move forward. So it's really like a stress management approach. And that's just come from exploring how people adapt all over the world, you know, with what's around them and and uh, who's around them. So Lost and Found Wellness is the the company that I'm building up right now. And it's just that it's a stress management company. Um, and we go through all kinds of things of mindset, um, nutrition, physical movement. Um, but it's not like a, just your general like exercise program and like diet plans and things like that. Like it's more real life tools and, and action steps. It's true. Yeah. Why should people listen to you? <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there like that. Um, yeah, because I think it's just, I do a good job of provoking, I think, a lot of curiosity. I get people to understand that they're going to be the best coach or doctor that they have. So really where I excel at is is sharing my personal experiences and getting people to get curious about their own mind-body connection, what that actually feels like, what that looks like, and, and what's around them. So um giving them better questions, I think, to to ask themselves, to ask their doctors, to ask their trainers. Uh, I think those are a lot of the good things that I provoke just from that worldly experience of, of traveling and seeing what else has been done out there and all kinds of different um, spectrums, but also just what I've gone through through myself. I just, I can personalize a lot of the work that I teach. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Done. Liam? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same question. Uh, yeah, where'd you get your start in, in fitness and coaching? Uh, so I remember I was 16, I think, and uh, that's where I literally, there was a gym down the road and it had a great name. It was called Gym and Tonic. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, uh, it was owned by a great, great uh, owner called, uh, called Steve and he gave me the first, my first job in in uh, in fitness at all i didn't have any qualifications whatsoever i just knew that i wanted to do something uh in fitness and so i just turned up said can i do anything and he said yeah you can sit on reception on a on a weekend um so i started to learn kind of like what was going on got, got a place to train for myself and just yeah it was uh, it was playing rugby at the time long story short went on to kind of playing uh, professional rugby for a couple of different teams and then obviously from the fitness side of rugby of pre-season I, was, I absolutely loved pre-season compared to play, actually playing rugby so the transition from rugby to CrossFit was was very very easy um, I already had that sick mindset of wanting to hurt myself for no reason and just turning up to the gym and doing it <laughs> um, so, so yeah so I kind of got into it through that Realized that I enjoy coaching. I'd, I'd done a little bit of personal training and things like that throughout uh, kind of my time, and uh, in the corporate environment as well, I'd done some coaching um, and uh, and some education style pieces. So I kind of the transition into into a CrossFit coach was was very very easy as well. Um, I took everything that I'd learned from corporate side, from supplements, from my own experiences, nutrition, training hard, some of the, the coaching influences and things that I'd had. Um, and yeah, beginning to work with people who were, who were starting from, from scratch with CrossFit. 
generally a lot of those people in the uk were very new to exercise as well they didn't want to go to their general global gyms they didn't it's hard to work outside and it's hard to work by themselves so that was a big draw for a lot of people just being able to turn up have a chat with people before the workout go for a beer with guys afterwards and just relax a little bit and just enjoy training with guys who were 14 16 all the way up to Older ladies from 65, 70, everyone, everyone was there and involved cheering each other on. Um, so that was a really nice environment for me. And I found that kind of the professionalism that I'd, I'd learned uh, in the corporate environment transitioned over well to running my own kind of business from personal training and coaching. Um, yeah, in the, in the, the more sporting environment. Awesome. So how, what was the link between doing that and getting out to Kuwait and starting the project? Um, so the coming out to Kuwait, I knew that I wanted to do a little bit of traveling. I, I traveled a little bit um, with my with my job before just around Europe and kind of the Middle East was on my list of, of places to look at. And there was obviously like a, there was a start when kind of Alioth and uh, CrossFit Yaz had kind of started up. So we we knew of uh, Dubai and kind of some of the, the pedigree of some of the athletes that were coming out of Dubai. So that was my first first thought. Hey, I want to have a look at Dubai. Obviously, it's like a, for us in, the, in Europe, it's that kind of like glitzy destination. Um, so it was definitely on my list. And then kind of realized that it was a little bit saturated with kind of um, people who are, who are like that kind of people who are just trying to get away from the, the cold weather, um, and just get into, get into the sun and, and be wanting to train by themselves. So, um, yeah, I came over to, I, I actually knew someone who, who had worked here before he set up a couple of gyms. I just kind of shot him an email and said, do you know anyone, anyone looking for a guy like me? And he came straight back and said that there was a head coaching role out here. So it was a nice little, um, stand on from, uh, from the work that I've been doing, uh, with the guys at CrossFit Bays in Stoke in the UK. So yeah, so I came out here and was like blown away by the, the community and the spirit that these guys have over here. So when you asked him, you like, was Kuwait on your mind of like, oh, he's going to give me a spot in Kuwait? Or were you thinking more like he might have a link to Dubai? I was thinking he'd have, have a link to Dubai or just somewhere <laughs> in the Middle East. You know, like somewhere cool, like Qatar, so that's or the Bahrain, or somewhere, for somewhere they have alcohol. So when he came, <laughs> yeah. when he came back with Kuwait, were yeah, you like... He, he came back with Kuwait and actually, uh, like, I'm, I'm always open to, to opportunities and kind of actually the opportunity to be a head coach was well and above the, like, the, the draw of, like, going and living in shiny buildings or anything like that in Dubai um, and I knew that it would be a good thing for my own professional development so which was the important thing rather than I could just stay and live in London if I wanted to, to be around or like that kind of that kind of crowd um, so yeah so coming out here was uh, it was definitely a, a little bit of a, a change of scenery everyone I asked was like yeah but that's really close to Iraq <laughs> and Beirut like it's super close like why are you going there so um, but no I'd done done some research on it and nothing like, yeah, happens here yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing happens here um, so like obviously there are some people who are a bit worried about it and everything like that but actually I was surprisingly confident that this was the right step for me yeah um, and as I said when I got here it's just uh just and since i've been here it's just been surrounded by good people um who yeah who've who've been through a lot but they're they're they're, they're marching on and they're kind of a little bit behind the rest of the world but in, in the sporting industry but they're they're coming up and they want to be doing things and they have the, the time um and the finance to be able to look after themselves um they just need the right direction absolutely yeah 
I think that's cool. As the same kind of thing with the, I was incredibly confident, yeah, in coming out to Kuwait and not being scared about the location and things like that. And actually, my brother being in the military out here was like one of my biggest advocates. I was like, yeah, she'll be fine. But yeah. 100%, I think the opportunity to be able to guide is something that's really cool that, yeah, you've been able to now have the opportunity at a few different places to take the lead and yeah definitely and connect with people and kind of from that like uh, the project's just kind of grown um out of like my desire to kind of help people with my own experiences um just literally to stop people from making the same mistakes that i did and then dwelling on them worrying about them for six to eight months and then realizing what their cure was i kind of had to do that all by myself so yeah the project was started um when i started working with uh, one of the young guys who kind of first come to me and i kind of realized actually um I'm pretty good at giving my message across and trying to give, give people an independent way of carving their own path, but by not making the mistakes that I did. Um, and that was what was important to me. So I've never been the kind of the guy who's got like the masters in kind of like, uh, like whatever it might be, physiotherapy, like any of the masters of the trade or anything like that. Experience based. Yeah. It's always, yeah. always been experience based, always been kind of anecdote based and just kind of, you live um, what you teach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just try to i'm i've always been quite quite uh, like subjective about my my own experiences as well so being able to look out um look from the outside in uh, at those experiences and just kind of sorry that's objective but the other way around we understood yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so always being able to look from the outside in um and just kind of uh, evaluate those experiences and see why they went wrong why or why they went right um and then so that's obviously then a good good way to be able to give those experiences to other people without them having to actually live them yeah um so whether it's kind of competing at a competition or like there's there's a lot of transferable skills and transferable experiences to a lot of things that we do in crossfit or a lot of things that we do in sport and also just generally for the community just generally trying to get healthy and fit like i've had parents aunties uncles um like brothers sisters who are all trying to go from absolutely nothing to like feeling good and comfortable in their body so kind of always been like drawn drawn on that experience and so now coming out here you can kind of understand like family dynamics you can understand say, is that your role in the family are you like the the coach the doctor the healer kind of, kind of the, the fit one yeah. that's, that's my role yeah. in the family too it's like anybody gets sick injured whatever they're yeah. always yeah, yeah so the, like the, 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 the cool thing is my mom's literally just run her first marathon that's awesome so she, that's she, amazing she's gone yeah. from kind of like always pushing me to be healthy and fit um, but kind of never had the time to be able to do it herself um, and I think she had a couple of injuries she had like a skiing injury so it was quite a bad knee injury when she was starting to run maybe like five or six years ago um so she was always scared of it but we kind of eased her back in um i was working with one of her coaches uh, and she she was doing a few crossfit workouts they were following some of the project workouts and things oh, like that amazing. as i was posting them um so I was, i'd always kind of known that like i was i was in the spotlight a little bit from that that point of view um but yeah to be kind of an influence for her has been has been massive That's just so to cool. kind of give something Thank back you. to her um, and yeah, and so now she's she's done a marathon. So yeah, it's fantastic to be able to like help people who are very close to me. But then also, even if it's just someone who comes up to me and asks for five minutes of my time and just asks me, uh, how can I get rid of my belly? It's like little things like that is kind of what makes 
each day for me. Um, like I rarely go to the airport without having some kind of security <laughs> come over to me and ask me which gym I'm at and what exercises do I do or anything like that, which is like, I'm not kind of bringing myself up, but it's a very nice thing to be able to help people out with. Um, and I would hope that I would never, um, kind of shy away from that or feel that I, I or anyone to feel that they can't approach me about asking anything like that. So, yeah, that's one of the things, you know, where you're kind of like in the, the right field too when you get that I know even at times when I didn't feel my healthiest and people were still coming to me for you know nutrition advice and life advice on things it was like okay there must be something that I'm doing right that's like yeah. you know meaningful that's sitting that relating to someone somehow that they feel comfortable even to talk about these things with me and that's like something's working yeah yeah that's cool yeah and I think yeah. it's important like so if you, if you feel that you can you can contribute then I mean we kind of sometimes say about like the local guys who might not be in like the most educated position to coach other people but those people are influencers yeah. um, and so it's about just giving people the right information because you know that that information will go down the line so if you if a security guard at the airport comes up to you and you say something then he's probably going to go back to his family and say like oh, I got told to do this this and this and then their family member is going to go do that that and that so you've got to make sure that you treat every single experience with uh, with the kind of the gravity that it actually has like it's going to affect more than just that one person at that one time. Um, and you kind of got to make sure that as uh, someone that's been asked that you give kind of the, the best information possible. Responsibility that comes yeah, along. Yeah, it's, a, bit, it's a big responsibility, yeah. but kind of it's, yeah. it's nice to be trusted with that responsibility. Definitely. Definitely. Well said. Well, he, 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 he fallen asleep. <laughs> I'm halfway there. I'm halfway there. Like, right. I'm sorry. I was speaking for a long time. I'm sorry. No, no, you did. No, no, no. I, I think you covered yourself really well. Like, I think that it was... blacked out what happened. <laughs> no, no, no. Because, like, Meg, Meg kind of took over on the interview, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> I don't really have to think right now. I can just listen. But it's You're just good. nodding at me. It's, like a, it's, a, it's a, a good months. perspective, though. It's a lot I didn't know about you. That's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. No, no, I did. Thank you so much. At least I'll listen to it later on. <laughs> that's okay. That's cool. Because <laughs> part of me is like, I get to listen to this later. So, <laughs> yeah, so just, I'm just not going to listen right now. No, 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 no. I, was, I, was, I was right in. It's going on the internet. Like, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, that's great. But I mean, tell us about that. Because obviously you're the, the third part of the triangle. Yeah. Uh, we've obviously got like our kind of like fitness businesses. We've come from, from that side of things, but you're coming from a little bit of a different perspective, right? Yeah. I'm coming from the dad perspective. I'm coming from the average. Joe, you know, the guy that works behind a desk all day. And it was, yeah, I've, I've been involved in sports my entire life from since I was a little kid, four years old growing up. And I was in gymnastics, diving, baseball, soccer, basketball, you name it. If it was a sport, I was into it. And baseball was really the only sport that I really ever took seriously. And it just kind of led me along this path of fitness. And, you know, I asked my grandmother, you know, I asked my Nana for my first weight set when I was. 12 or 11 and she bought it from Sears. It was one of those crappy old ones, you know, with the cement inside. And if you dropped it, the cement broke and you had like the sand pouring out. It was horrible. But, you know, that was, that was when I got introduced to it. And in baseball, I gained a lot of weight being in Kuwait. You know, obviously being a teenager in Kuwait, there's not much to do. And I looked at my uncle Aziz, big guy. I mean, he's just like, he'll outlift anyone I know. No offense, man. But this guy's like 55 and he could dead, he could deadlift probably 600 cold. No joke. Pounds. Yeah. Pounds. Those kilos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> creeping up around two something, but he's just, he's yeah, heavy. It's definitely yeah, yeah, heavy. Yeah. He's, he's just, he's a heavy guy. And, um, 
brought me to the first gym that I ever went to, Victory in Jabria. And I started working out when I was like 16 and, you know, typical bro split. And that was what I went by until I moved over to the States. And that's when I went and started playing college ball, had the college coaches and short sort of shifted things a little bit, but it was still that mentality over there. And I'd always gone by that mentality. We, you know, I wasn't really introduced to anything else, you know, and except for running a lot. Besides that, that's why I hate running. And, um, you know, and came back to Kuwait. I was depressed, you know, coming back from the States and it's just like, this sucks I'm moving in Kuwait and this is going to be my life. And yeah, I just hit the gym really hard and loved it. Got married, gained a whole bunch of weight. And it was when I couldn't chase after DJ and there was a picture taken of me where I was just like, it was just fat hanging out everywhere. And I was like, all right, I got to do something now. And it was what, three years ago that I really changed my ways. And it was kind of, it was a very, it was, it's, it's been a, a very enlightening process into my life, you know, and I'd say the last year has been the best cause I quit smoking. So the worst part is people are like, Oh, you've gained so much weight. It's like, dude, yeah, I got nothing put in my mouth now. I'm just eating, you know? So it's like the, the health and fitness journey that I've taken is just, I think it's, it's for me, it's been so important to my life. And I think that I can probably help a lot of people, guys like me, dads and people that sit behind the desk and they don't know what to do because they really don't. They're clueless. They think they don't know where to start and they don't know what to do, but I kind of help them, you know, just do take a walk, have a small goal, do this. And that's pretty much it. And, you know, I got my certifications and all of that, but I tried training people, but I was just like, I can't deal with it. Uh, I'm you know, like working a full-time job and then trying to train after your working hours. And it turned into like, all right, how am I going to start lifting? How am I going to lift? Because you have to maintain that physique or you have to maintain some sort of a good physique because you're selling yourself essentially. And I just couldn't do it. I could not balance, you know, working with clients, going to the gym myself and working, you know, from 6 a.m. to about 4 p.m. It just wasn't happening. And yeah, that's really relatable to me because towards the tail end of like having my full time job at the hospital where I was getting burnt out on just what I was doing and just feeling like, I mean, you can predict the highs in the day, you can predict the lows. I mean, it was yeah. just like the same routine. Um, I took on a lot of side projects at the gym and this was like. I was going through an injury at this time too. So I wasn't able to train as much as that I wanted to do. And I was taking on other, other side projects and things so much that I'm like, now I'm working like technically seven different jobs. And it got to a point almost where you kind of started to resent the gym, like where I would go. The gym used to be the place where I would de-stress and I was, you know, letting go of everything. And now it's like, when I go in, it's like, now we've got to check on how the retail is doing. Now I got to check on this. Now I got to check on that. And then the body started to go. And it was kind of one of those things. that's like letting go of that story of like, Oh, I have to look a certain way in order for people to take yeah. me seriously and do things. So that was right on the tail end before coming to Kuwait. When I came out to Kuwait, I was actually very unhealthy at that time. I was wow. close to like 200 pounds. I was for sure drinking a bottle of wine. Oh, wow. Probably wow. close to like a couple nights a week. Um, I was smoking a lot of weed at the same time. And uh, Note to the editor, cut that part out. Oh, sorry. Okay. Probably can't say that here. But, yeah. No, oh, it was in the past. Yeah, it was Kuwait, dude. I, that was my life, though. Before. I mean, I was still like in the in the health and fitness industry, but I, yeah. I was doing a lot of shitty things to my body at that time. And it was coming out here. That's like kind of what I looked forward to was just 
getting into a space where it's like I could focus on on trying some new things and uh, picking up my health in a, in a new spot. Coming back from injury is hard. And that just goes to show of like the times that you spend away from from moving and the more time you spend away from the gym, like the worse life decisions you start to make yeah. Yeah, <laughs> in a lot of different areas. Uh, so Kuwait, kind of a lot of people come here and they come back and they get unhealthy. Like you're saying, you gained a lot of weight and you came back. Like for me, it kind of saved me. Saved you. Well, there's nothing else to do then but train. Or, you know, you have to discipline. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the thing. So yeah. Food is entertainment here, though. You just kind of yeah. replace one thing with that's another. Like you said, the smoking thing, yeah. was replaced by the food, so drinking could have been replaced by the food for me, and it was, but it, it was still a hard balance. The five, five, six kilos that I've gained from quitting smoking, dude, I'll trade that any day of the week. Yeah. You know, I'll definitely trade that any yeah. day of the week. And it's, and it's funny. I woke up one morning, I put a cigarette in my mouth, lit it up, didn't inhale. I just, and I was like, I'm, I'm done. And that was it. You know, there was no patch, no gum, none of that shit. Yeah. That crap doesn't work. I've tried it all, but yeah, I mean, you made a choice. Yeah. But, but I think that's where that kind of, like, as you said, people in your position, the kind of guys who are working nonstop, even guys and girls who are working nonstop, got a family, like they have to make those choices that actually you're not going to go out and hang out and spend three hours at the shisha shisha bar yeah, or whatever yeah. like you maybe you can go and spend an hour at the gym and then come home and spend some time with the kids um it's making those better choices and as you said there is nothing to do apart from make those choices along the lifestyle choice that you've gone down like so it's very easy i think we kind of touched on it last time it's like it's very easy for you to go and find somewhere to walk mm-hmm. but it's also yeah. very easy for you to avoid that place it's easy to find. It's, right, so. Yeah. I think uh, one of my favorite quotes, and I don't know who said it or anything, but it was easy choices equals a hard life and hard choices equal an easy life. And it really is. It's just, it comes down to making that choice. But if you continually always make what's the easiest one, so it's easier, yeah, to go, mm. go home after work and sit on the couch and do nothing. It's easier to go for the fast food meal than it is to cook something for yourself. Yeah. But like in the end, that's asking for a harder life. There's a yeah, lot right. of health consequences that come along with that. So make the harder choice, which might be going for the walk, which might be chopping up a vegetable, <laughs> you know, right. versus reaching for something in a bag. Like, but it's going to lead to a lot easier life in the, in the uh, long term. Definitely. So why do you think that people should listen to you? I've been through it all. I mean, I've been through a lot of shitty, shitty, dark, bad places. And, yeah. you know, I've somehow always dug myself out of it. I mean, when you're 116 kilos, it doesn't get any worse than that. And you're trying to, hey, I'm 117 kilos right now. He said 116. (laughs) So if I lose a kilo, it's not going to get any worse. That's when life gets bad. You better watch it. I'm taller. You better finish that green drinker. I'm not going to eat forever now. That's it. it. I'm done. (laughs) But no, I can understand that because if it's bad fat, like I've been 117 kilos of bad, bad weight. Yeah, and that, that, that is it sucks, dude. It sucks. Like, like you're yeah. struggling to breathe and you can't sleep properly. Everything I understand, yeah. Dude, I used to snore like a monster. Ever since I've you know shaved off all the weight, I don't, you know, I, I don't snore anymore, which is amazing. And it, it just goes to show you, you know, snoring's been linked to what heart disease and all kinds of other crap. So no, I still snore. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're a big guy. Dude. You're a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, that's definitely. Like, I remember when I think I got up to maybe 120 bad weight and. I would wake myself up in the middle of the night because I was not comfortable. Like my shoulder was bearing down on my head. Like it was, it was, it was bad. And like even just walking up the stairs, like five or six stairs was uncomfortable. And I have to stop at the top. You know, like I'm supposed to be fit. I'm supposed to be moving weight around and. 
I don't feel fit. I only feel fit when I'm in the gym. Like when I've warmed up, I'm good. I'm no problem. But then an hour after, really bad. Yeah, no, that's understandable. And I think you touched on one part was with, with kids. Yeah, I have a four-year-old son. And literally, there's nothing I wouldn't do for my kid. And I did not want him to see me smoking. I did not want him to see me not moving. I did not want him to see me not trying new things like CrossFit. I never thought I'd, I hated CrossFit. I still kind of hate CrossFit, but I want him to see me competing. It's very important that he has to understand that not every kid gets a trophy in the world. Yeah, it doesn't, it does, life's not like that. You're going to get fired. You're not going to get jobs. And you have to, you're going to lose sometimes. You have to learn how to accept loss and how you're going to move on from that. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Like when I said the other night, I'm, you know, I'm an underdog. I love being the underdog. It's, you know, my favorite little narrative or story or whatever. And, you know, and it's just, I got to find my next story to move on to. It's CrossFit. I'm going to probably hurt myself, but that's cool. Everyone has themselves in CrossFit. It's just whether it's just whether you decide to fix it again after. That's but but um, it'll, it'll, it'll well, you learn from it. Like you said, it. exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. the losses they're there to teach you yeah. something as well, and you have to kind of get excited about what you're going to learn from it too. Yeah. yeah. Circling back to what you said, though, I'm not an expert. I've just been through shit in life, and I think I can help people, and I think I can drive the right message into people in the Kuwaiti community more or less, you know, especially the guys that are in the D1E all night instead of spending time with their kids or in the D1E and not trying to get some exercise in or, you know, doing the right thing versus the wrong thing. You know, that's pretty much. Yeah. I think it's a solid disclaimer that we all kind of have is like, we're not here to tell you like it's this formula or anything. I think it's just to provoke some curiosity of, of what choice you do have in the matter and what you can start thinking about. Yeah. Not like every other Kuwaiti is a self-proclaimed expert. Yeah. True. Right, right? True. I haven't got my level one certification yet. Ooh, watch out. <laughs> and I know, I know good English. <laughs> Once you get that level one, like the sky's the limit. Yeah. That's it. You're done. Yeah. That's it. I know, but I, like I got certified and as a strength training conditioning coach. I got certified and it was like, all right, everyone else is getting certifications. Screw this, I'm done with it. You know, it's it's not it's this, what, we, what we're trying to do right now, to me, in my opinion, is more feasible. It's something that I enjoy doing. And this is my future project. How can I reach people and help them better their lives by supplying as many people, as many experts as possible to? It's giving them things that they can actually put into action, yeah. like straight away. It's not just, here's all the information and there's really nothing to move forward with. It's, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, I hope after we do these episodes and we do launch that you guys get more phone calls, you guys get more PTs, because that means we're helping people. That means people are actually listening to us and they're trying to dig up the information and then they're coming to the best resources in, that Kuwait has to offer. Well, hopefully we just become a little bit of a kind of a resource of resources and then when that happens when, when you guys get your extra PTs you kick <laughs> kick back 5% like 5% 5% we're going to have to negotiate I'm not being cheap 5% is nothing man Ooh, I don't know I don't know we'll have to discuss that alright just bring the price up alright I'll take I'll have to go through a price increase of 5% <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.